Hey girls, welcome to Girl Talk. I'm Heather and this is Created Woman's Podcast where we are a community of women learning to dream, live life on purpose, and explore our faith. Every show, I get to chat with friends who will share their personal journey of discovering their purpose and running after their dreams one dream step at a time. Thanks for joining us. This is Girl Talk. Hey friends, welcome to episode number four of Girl Talk. Today's show, we've got something special for you. But before we get to our guest, I have to talk about what happened this past weekend at our annual conference, Style Speak 6, Your Story Begins Here. Then I'm gonna share a big announcement. You guys, we had the most amazing speakers and women come out for a fun-filled day of faith, fashion, and fun. We had speakers who have been our previous podcast guests like Holly Christine Hayes and Cheryl Luke, plus 12 coaches and mentors spent the day speed coaching women for five minutes at a time, answering questions about their dreams, business ideas, areas they were stuck, and questions about their faith. It was so beautiful to see women walk away with real tools and steps on what to do next. The event was held at the beautiful event center, Meet It Relay, and we had so many pop-up shops like Evelyn James. Evelyn James is a collection of hand-picked, comfortable yet stylish clothing for our little fashionistas. They are known for delivering on-trend pieces with soft tones and picturesque details. Guys, you have to check them out online. It's called Evelyn James, it's beautiful. Also, one of our vendors is one of our longtime friends, Katone Clothing and Beauty Bar, your destination for integrated beauty featuring Gentry Quinn makeup, clothing, local artists, creations, and more. They are located in the Domain Austin, so if you live in Austin, you've got to stop in and say hello, but you can also find them online as well. I'll have all that information on the podcast notes so you can be sure to check them out. Well, the whole day, we munched on food from the Naughty Texan Food Truck and Texas Durango, and Sips Mobile Bar was on hand for all the specialty drinks. It was awesome. It was truly a day to remember. But guys, don't worry. If you couldn't make it, you'll be able to find all the pop-up shots I mentioned online at createwoman.net and in our notes, like I said before. But here's the big announcement. We made a huge announcement at Style Speaks that I'm excited to share with you here. For the past four years, we've always hosted our annual conference in February. But for the year 2020, we are moving Style Speaks to September. By moving the date, we know you can plan better throughout the year, make travel arrangements so you can be a part, and come have fun with us too. So be on the lookout with specific date announcements and special early bird pricing for Style Speak 7 2020. I I can't even believe I said that, that it's Style Speak 7 2020. That's so crazy. All right, you are going to love our next guest as much as I do. We've been friends for a few years now after literally being set up on a blind coffee date by my sister and her sister-in-law. They both knew we would be fast friends and they were right. Over the years since that first coffee date, we've been able to connect a few times and have found we have so much in common from where we are from and our love for fashion. This month, she was our Gather Her guest speaker and she killed it. Her name is Jessica Conzen and she is a fireball. I love her y'all and her story you do not want to miss. 
Jessica is truly an example of no matter what life's, life throws at you, you can use it for good and help others along the way. Jessica's story gets really deep, so if you have kids around, you might want to pause for a moment and go to another room. But no matter how deep it gets, we still laugh through it all, and sometimes inappropriately, I have to be honest. But seriously, I can't think of a better way to wrap up our healing self-care month than with our next guest, Jessica Conzen. Jessica is a ministry assistant and intern director at Oasis Church in Round Rock, Texas. She's a mother of three, marathon runner, and creative visionary who has a passion for the Father's presence and telling her riveting story of healing and hope. Enjoy. So, hello, Jessica. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always giddy at the first because... We've been chatting yes. for the last 30 minutes, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and it's always awkward saying hello, so there it is. Okay. That's our welcome. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad and to be to here. And to my podcast bedroom. Yes. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little... I made my bed just for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. It looks nice and organized. <laughs> Not always. Okay. <laughs> so you were our guest speaker <clears throat> last night at Gather Her, yes. which is our monthly event in mm-hmm. Austin. And this month, we're focusing on healing, and you told your whole story. I did. And it was incredible. Thank you. And I think so many women, like, there were moments of laughter, and there were moments of pin drops. Yes. (laughs) And I've known you for a couple of years, but we've known each other like, I know that girl. Yeah. Oh, we've talked a couple times. And so I found out things that I didn't know, and your story's incredible. But before we get into all that, tell everybody who you are. So, my name is Jessica Konzen, and I... How do you say it? Konzen. Okay. <laughs> and mine is Frierson. That's right, Frierson. We had, sorry, we had that joke of how people... Forget our names. Forget our names. pronounce them. Yeah. Um, but I am alongside my wonderful red-headed husband, Hunter he Konzen. He's very red-headed. Um, we are the director of care ministries at Oasis Church in Round Rock, Texas. Awesome. Yes. Y'all have a cool story how you met we do we um we were he was actually on staff at another church for a couple years Uh and um we helped launch um, an extension campus and I was the outreach and assistant to the pastors and he was the acting youth pastor and we began serving together actually so we started um we met and started dating in November we were engaged in May. We were pregnant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I might want to cut that part out. No, no, no. Okay. We were three. We just, you know, Okay. We, um, That's the first part of your story. We'll come back yeah, to the first Yeah, part right? We started dating in November. We were engaged in May. We were married in September. We were pregnant in October. Oh, no. Yes. So you had not even been together a year. We're already married and pregnant when you celebrated your one year of being together. Yes, and then we bought our first house then. That's, I mean, you did what people say you should never do. I was 30, okay? I was 30 as well when I got married. I was 30, so it was a little like, you, you know, know, I tell people, all, you know. You yes, know. yes, totally. Yeah, we, we did it for a year because we had come from some really bad relationships and we were like, I'm just going to wait out a year yeah. to see if, like, there's something hidden here. Yeah. We knew, so we should have just gone ahead and did it, but I think we're both like, hmm, we'll see. Well, we had been engaged, and and coming from both of the backgrounds that we had been in, we knew that we didn't want to have the engagement last very long, and we wanted to get married as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I can't wait to get in that story. Yes. But y'all have three kids. We do. A 10, 5, and 4-year-old, Jack, Lily, and Judah. Jack, Lily, and Judah. And it's actually Judah's fourth birthday today. Oh, it's today. Well, it you just is. told me you had cake, but I didn't we realize did. his birthday we was We had today. cake for breakfast. And you did not bring any. Well, actually, I didn't have any. They did. <laughs> yeah. I would have taken some. Yeah, it was really good. So, they liked it. And he's four today? He's four. So, how, how are y'all celebrating? Um, we are going to the Dinosaur Expo tomorrow that's in town. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, you can actually hold little dinosaurs and, like, ride them and stuff. Wait, what? Yes. I mean, they don't exist anymore. So, what are they actually? Yes, they do. In the eyes of my four-year-old, they do exist. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, that's what we're doing. So, um, we're excited. All day. Family day tomorrow. That's fun. You mm-hmm. might see me there because I it's this will be my first Saturday like not with nothing planned, and we're trying to have a family fun day. I oh, think yeah. I might say my pajamas more and say let's have a chillaxing day, yeah. but maybe we'll show up for the dinosaurs. So you and I are from the same yes part of Texas. Same part. We did not know each other because I'm older than you. I don't think so. Um, uh, yeah, we already. When you told me you graduated in two thousand, like yeah, I'm way older. Okay. Yeah, I graduated ninety four. Okay. Yeah. You don't look older than me. I don't, do I? No. no. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So that was part of the reason we didn't know each other. Yes. But we got, re- we, basically, we both live in Austin. Mm-hmm. And our, my sister and your sister-in-law. Are friends. Are friends. In Lumberton, Texas. Yes. Shout out to 409. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they, they told us, go to coffee. Yes. And that was like four years ago. Or yes. you, so how long was it? Because you know oh, probably Lily, better because you were had well, a baby. No, yeah. So it was about four years ago because I did not have Judah yet, or five years ago. I had Lily, and I remember us meeting, and she was strapped to me the entire time. And I was time. pregnant. You were. That's right. And then I helped you out when Created Woman was a magazine still. Yep. The good, uh, I loved, I mean. And I did a couple of, or I did a set design for yeah. you for a photo shoot. I, I think I still have the Pinterest board for the inspiration. It was so good. Well, what I remember, and we talked about this last night, but yes. it was so good. So we had coffee, and we are both like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to, we were like on a blind date, basically, because yeah. yeah. our sisters told us, and we were in Barnes and Nobles. Yes. And um, I just remember us like, you told me a little bit about your story, tell me about yours, and you're like, I think I want to get involved with Creative Woman, because yes. you knew about it before, or you researched me, or re- yeah. whatever. I don't know. I Google everything. Yeah. That's good. I do too. I if I see something on TV, I'm like, he looks familiar. I'll Google him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I gotta know. Um, but so you did the whole set design, uh-huh. but with the day of the photo shoot, something happened. I still don't remember. I think Lily was sick. Okay, my daughter was sick. Or so something. we had rented out a studio. Right. So what you did, you went in early, mm-hmm. set everything up. Yep. And said peace out. Yeah. And by the time we got there, it with, was ready to. It go. was ready to go. Yes. Like, oh, wow. Like, this chick shut up, like, at 6 a.m. Or, I don't know, probably not that early. But you got it done. Right. You followed through. And that was so impressive to me. Because most most people who just, yeah. like, I'll help you, which that's basically, you know, I'll help you. And right. it was your first time. You had really no obligation. Right. You could have, like, ghosted me. And we would have never known the difference. Right. <laughs> Except you wouldn't be here today. No. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, well, the Lord knows. Um, But it was so impressive to me that, you know, like as moms, things come up. Well, and I think that, you know, I mean, I I try to stand by my word a lot of times in doing that kind of stuff and just, 
you know, yeah. I mean, it was great. It's one of my favorite pictures. So if you're listening, which you are, if you're listening, you know, you can still see the magazine online. <laughs> I think I'll post some pictures. Maybe I think I put it on my resume one time. You did? I think I did. Did you she get hired because of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you did get me hired at Stitch Fix. <laughs> Which I did not remember till you yes. said that last night. I was actually at home with Lily still, or I had, had just had Judah, something like that. Or no, I was pregnant with Judah, but I didn't tell anybody. And I was praying and I was like, Father, just give me something I can do at home. And then you literally emailed me and was like, I think you'd be great at this job. And I was like, okay, there you go. Yeah. And I did it. I and we were a stylist for Stitch Fix. I was these like the second group. Like you were the first I was group, the first. And, and I, I sucked. <laughs> like I ended up quitting. I was pregnant with Hope and I have miserable pregnancies, mm-hmm. like miserable. And I was still doing creative one, but I thought I should do something a little extra. And like it's one of those don't make an emotional decision when you're pregnant. Yeah. And I, I, like I told my upline, I'm like, I'm usually really good at jobs, but I'm so tired. Yeah. I, I didn't I, even tell them I was pregnant. I just. Oh, I interviewed with my belly out. Oh, that's it, There was nothing to hide. Yeah. And so I think I did it for like two months. And it, I could never. It's hard sitting there. It's hard sitting there. Constantly. I mean, right. Like, I love being a customer, but and I probably would love being that if I had nothing else going on. But in right. the se- that season, yeah, I was not. Yeah. I it, feel really bad for my customers. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a blessing to have, but it, you know, I, I'm not a sit at the computer person. Mm-mm. Oh, that was part of it. I, I would have to get up and do jumping jacks in between. Yeah. Or run around or something. Yeah. It was very hard for But me it's to a sit fun still. way to do fashion when you love fashion like we do. Yes, and you're a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, it's a great thing. And you want extra cash. Yes. It was great. Yes, yes, absolutely. Just maybe don't say yes when you're eight months pregnant like I was. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. good. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so we know we're from the same town, mm-hmm. basically. You're from Beaumont. I'm from Orange. Yes. Right? Well, Lumberton, Beaumont, but yeah. So we're... Okay, so we talked about this before, so I can't remember what we said and what we haven't. But where did you go to high school? I went to East Texas Christian School. It's no longer no longer there. That's no right. No longer exists. But it was a private school. It was a private school, and the last three months of my senior year, I left and went to Lumberton High. Oh, yes. so I officially graduated from as a Raider. High. As a Raider, yes. <laughs> Which, that's where my nephew is right now. Well, and how, because my niece and nephew are there as he, well. He's a, oh my gosh, I think he's a sophomore. He, they're going to kill my me if I don't remember. My niece is a freshman. Oh, looky there. Range well, see, now we can, so they probably they already know that. They already know that. Yeah. Crystal and Katie already yeah. know that probably. Yeah, we went to a soccer game last week. It was crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or nice. whenever, two weeks ago. I can't remember. Yeah, he's in the band. He plays the saxophone. So He's an amazing guy. Yeah. I guess when you went there, was the last few months, you didn't. You just went to school. I just went to school. I had, yeah. and I, I did gain a favorite teacher of all time, and that was Mr. Perryman, and he's like the hardest AP English teacher ever, and he loved me, and he helped me fall in love with Beowulf. <laughs> there you go. It was yeah. all worth it. It was all worth it. Yes. So we both go back to Lumberton in that area for holidays. That's, yes. That's where I am for the holidays. They're either coming here or I'm going there, and it's the most relaxed. There's nothing much to do. No. There's the red bean coffee house. Hard bean. It's hard, bean. hard bean. Hard bean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hard bean and Walmart. And Walmart. Or you can go in town. You can go into Beaumont. <laughs> to Parkdale Mall. Which is. So how about this? Where how about we meet up next was. time? Was it? It was at Wet Seal. <laughs> yes. 
It was cool. It I was shopped cool back there. then. Listen, I shopped there. You yes. might have helped me. We didn't I might know. Have. I was there for three years. Yeah, well, apparently we just found out you worked at BCB, and, or I just found out in the outlet, in the outlet mall here in Austin. I shopped there. There. Because I can't the, afford the full line, no, so I went to I the shopped outlet. there. And, I mean, I shopped there. I worked there and the domain and several others as well. Yeah. So, so your story to even get from Lumberton mm-hmm. <laughs> to here is um, quite interesting. Yes. So you shared a little bit last night. So let's just go for it. Okay. Dive into it. Because your okay. story is really <clears throat> riveting. Okay. So where did it all begin? Um, and was it because of where you... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Lumberton, like you said, as mm-hmm. a pastor's kid. And... Um, I have two older brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, one's so you're the baby. I'm the baby. I'm the girl. And um, my oldest brother had was born and he had um, mental illness. Mm-hmm. And um, we found out um, as he got older that he was um, being molested by a church camp counselor, mm-hmm. which was pretty, pretty intense. Um, but then we also found out, or we didn't found, find out, but... My parents did not find out, but at the exact same time, I was actually being abused by a female neighbor and by a, a male family member. Wow. And so, um, what I saw, a lot of focus was going into my brother, not just because of the abuse that happened to him, but also because of the fact that, you know, he was struggling with different things, you know. So, but they found out. At a young at a young age that this was happening to him to him yes because he told them or it was just revealed he he told them oh. um or actually I think my other brother might have told but anyway they somehow they found out but they just uh, you know they also wanted to protect him as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and it was a time you know back in the nineties mental illness was not talked about ADHD mm. was like mm. you know your schizophrenic I mean literally there was no like there was nothing like the health system I mean I could go on for a long time about the mental health system and how it failed him and failed us and you know because my parents literally tried everything to help him in whatever way possible it's very hard um and then you have the abuse on top of it and so you know it wasn't a result it was a combo it was a combo absolutely um and so he um he began um, acting out at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, at age eight, um, my mother actually walked into the garage as he was trying to um, hang himself in the garage. I can't imagine that as a mom. When you said that last night, my daughter's seven. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine first walking into that. But then in my mind, what I struggled with was how at that age, mentally, do you know what to do? Well... I think I don't know. There's an answer for no, it. No, and I think like if you, if you see it now with the suicide rate, it is that age is where really? it begins. It is that young where it begins. Mm. It's like from eight to like fourteen is where it begins. Oh my gosh! And it keeps getting younger, you know. And with with the men- mental health system or trauma that's not gone unresolved, you know. I mean, my mother is probably one of the strongest people that I know. Mm. So to be able to do everything possible, you know, in that sense. Um, so it wasn't far after that, that, um, you know, they, they tried, 
they tried helping him and you know I saw him do all kinds of things from ramming his head into a tree to being strapped to gurneys to trying to toss himself out of a car and all the time with my own trauma and my own abuse I just stuffed it you just stuffed it I didn't tell anybody you went protection mode or you or what what why do you think now looking back I think I went into protection mode I am a um I am a fighter I think that I, I am a, a grit, you know, I've got, like, I, I just was like, I'm going to self-protect, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and there even now is memories that I are completely blacked out and don't have any remembrance at all of wow. what occurred. Um, I know that they have been there and I've been released from them by the mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. I've actually have walked through, um, some healing with them, which has been mm-hmm. fantastic, but, um, I do know that the trauma was pretty extensive, Yeah, you know, so, but, um, you know, as, as we got older, he, I didn't fall, follow pretty far. I I wasn't far behind him in the drugs and alcohol either. You know, how many years were y'all apart? So you're the baby. I'm the baby. I think, I think we're 19 months apart. Oh, wow. It was bam, bam, bam. No, no, Kids? no. I think Mark and I are 19 months apart. It's Steve and Mark and then myself. Okay. Um, I hold, I'm like, how old am I? I forgot. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not very far apart. Yeah. Not very okay. far apart. But. Um, close enough to be close. Yes. And I yeah. started doing drugs um, at, at 14. Drugs and alcohol at 14. So and how did young. you even get your hands on it? It's just, it's there. Well, I actually got arrested for shoplifting alcohol from Super Walmart. <laughs> That's not funny, but it's it is. not funny. Not funny to my parents. Okay. Very funny, though. I was actually told that I was the. <laughs> I'm sorry, Heather. There's so many more stories, I promise. Um,. You're that person on the news. I am. I was that I'm person on the Walmart. news. I was. I was a little. Yes. Well, I mean, I, that's all there is. That there was only Super Bowl. Yes. There were yeah, no other choice. No other choice. Um, and so, just I don't know. We had older friends. I mean, it yeah. wasn't difficult. Got it. Um, a pastor's kids. You're friends with cop kids. You're friends mm. with rich kids. That's who all went to the private yeah. school. So it was. It wasn't difficult it. to to get your hands on things. Um, yeah. And then, um, so basically, my life was like Footloose. You know, that's what I compare it to. I love that you said that last night because I grew up on Footloose. Like, when you're like, did y'all watch Footloose? I'm like, yes. I mean, Beaumont. Listen. You can't dance. You can't. Yeah. Red boots. We, short shorts. So here's my Footloose story. Uh, we grew up in New Orleans, actually, mm-hmm. until I was 11. And I had already was a fan of Footloose. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what's this Beaumont place? Which in the movie, it's not really Beaumont, no. Texas. What? But Beaum- the, I, don't- I don't know which Beaumont it is. So when we moved to Beaumont, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is Footloose. <laughs> you were like, I'm scarred. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, we I love growing up there. We love going back. But that's, I had already an image. I think people have an image of Texas, which isn't true. It's certainly not true of no, Austin. It's and true. it's not true of you know, mm-hmm. the area we grew up from where there's ranchers and all that kind of stuff. It's, as much, Like, it's not Dallas, the show yeah. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but still, I had already, Footloose was my jam of a movie. Yes, yes. And then, which I don't know why I was watching that in third and fourth grade, but I was. <laughs> we did the same. We, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, well, it was shortly, it wasn't shortly after, um, about my junior year is the first time that I tried to kill myself, take my mm. life. And I have a heart condition, and so I had heart medicine and took the entire bottle of wow. heart medicine. 
and nothing happened. Nothing happened except for that the local church that we were attending, um, the youth group found out, and they asked me to leave and mm. not come back until that's I could get myself well. It's actually, so I was 17. That's the last time that I went to church. Do you think they were doing a tough years. love, or do you think that's how they felt? Like, I honestly, we don't want this. Later on, they ended up apologizing to my mm, dad, so I'm not so really good. sure. Was your dad the pastor of that church? No, he was okay. on staff, but he wasn't the... But he was on staff. Oh, yes. wow, that's devastating. I'm so but sorry. That's okay. Um, look at me now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I just think that it, it broadens your eyes to young adults and teenagers mm. now and how, like, I truly believe in some ways if I would have had one person look at me and tell me that I was worthy... Mm. and tell me that they believed in me and tell me that they loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, there might have been some different choices. Choices, But I also probably wasn't the most pleasant child, teenager. <laughs> I was definitely very aggressive, and I, mm. I definitely had a mouth on me, and I definitely was mm. very rebellious. I mean, I was acting out as well. So it wasn't yeah. like... I was just this innocent victim, right? Got it. You know, so yeah. a wrong. You knew what you were doing. I knew what I was doing, you know, but it, but I also was very hurt. You know, right. I was hurting and needed care, mm-hmm. but you know, and was portraying um, confidence and fierceness and anger. Yeah. But, you know, knowing now, I know that now yeah. that that really means somebody's hurting. And and we come from a time where. We didn't know as much. I mean... Absolutely. You know, now I think it's known in schools, like if someone's acting out, there's usually something else going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and it was... um, So my senior year, or when I turned 18, is the year that um, my brother actually was beaten so bad by a gang of guys that we found him on the side of the road, and he couldn't walk or talk for six months. And so it is very crazy. Is this your older one? This is the oldest one. So he just went through all of it. I mean, and I could tell other story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just one thing after the next. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I actually ended up going into college shortly after that. And that was the second time that I, um, tried to take my life. And I was living with a friend's parents and her, and I was doing a lot of drugs at the time. I always tease and say that my degree was fashion, but really I was majoring in vodka and minoring in cocaine and mm. Xanax. And so <clears throat> I ended up um, having an entire bottle of Xanax and, and, and I ended up taking it. Um, I was home alone and I started to drift in unconsciousness. And as I did, I began to sing Jesus Loves Me to myself. Mm. And then the next thing I knew, um, I was at the hospital getting my stomach pumped. Wow. And, um, so you did pass out. I did. And my friend's dad, uh, randomly who had no, I had no relationship with him in that he, he didn't, um, he didn't work. He worked at a place where he shouldn't have been at home, but he ended up coming home and, uh, finding me. And so it was, it was You said last night that y'all basically chalked it up to it was an accident it was an accident it was an accident yeah and so um you know I I don't I think that you know when you're in the time frame and there's so much trauma already happening 
you know, and there was so much trauma with my brother going on at the time too, mm-hmm. that it's, it's so easy to move quickly through life and forget. Yeah. You know, especially whenever. Well, at that age, you're just like, you want to keep going. Well, and I was working, that's when I was working at Wetzel. I was working, <laughs> I was, I was working full time and, you know, I mean, I just. So you said something earlier before we started recording. Because I was like, when did you have all these management positions? All through the time. And no one ever knew the difference. What you were doing at night or on the side, you were functioning. Absolutely. like You I, had the appearance of all good. You're all together. Well, until I started working at Harley-Davidson. But yes. <laughs> so, whole different. We're about to get there. We're about to get there. Um, you know, and it wasn't shortly after that that I ended up marrying... Um, an atheist bartender, <laughs> which is fantastic for a pastor's yeah. kid. Did to, your par- I wanted to add, did your parents come to the wedding? They did. They did. Yeah. They, so they, they tr- through the whole process, they were like they with were, you. And- they've always been incredibly supportive. Awesome. And, you know, they wanted us, we were living together. So they wanted us mm. to get married to make it right before the Lord. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and so we ended up, and like I told you last night, we had this crazy wedding and I like, Actually, I'm really embarrassed about the wedding. Like, I will tell all of my skeletons in the closet, but the wedding was like something you would see on like Mari Povich. Like, it no, was, like, was there like fighting going on? I don't know if there was just a lot of like terribleness, <laughs> like terrible, all terrible. Well, when you start a career shoplifting out a super wall, oh, yeah, yeah, like... totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, so he and I got married, and um, I actually got pregnant shortly after. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up miscarrying at 11 weeks. Mm. And um, I was I was actually told by three different doctors that I was not going to be able to have children. They really wanted me to have a hysterectomy. And my mother was like, no, like that's not mm. going to happen. So I ended up get, meeting this one doctor. And he put me on medicine that sent me into menopause for six months. And I gained like 40 pounds. And I like all of this stuff. And then he said, okay, this is your time to... Um, it's about a year later. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is your time. I'm putting you on fertility drugs to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that season was the one-year anniversary of my miscarriage. And I found out my ex-husband was mm-hmm. having an affair and he left me for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, that's when things got really scary with, yeah. with my life. Um, I did not care about myself. Yeah. Like at How that old point. were you at this point? I was 20, 24. So young. I mean, it's, it's not young, but it is. It's so young. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Looking back, um, I know it's crazy. Like I even telling you my story, I'm like, who is that person mm-hmm. that I'm talking about? Because yeah. you know, I mean, anyway. So I um, things got began to get really scary, and I started doing meth and cocaine on a fairly consistent basis. And where were you living at that point? Had you I was living, no, I was living in Beaumont. I was working at Harley Davidson and, um, I have such a special place in my heart for Harley. They ended mm-hmm. up like helping me out, you know, helping me get into my own apartment, I love that. helping me. They bought appliances for my apartment. Like they totally took care of me. I mean, it was, isn't that the craziest they, how, where you find your family, like your extended family. They ended up giving me a raise just so I could take care of wow. myself. Like they truly, my boss, I mean, she just, they truly loved and cared for mm-hmm. me, for me, yeah. you know? And so, um, 
so yeah, things began to get really scary. And um, after one week of binging on meth and cocaine, I ended up putting my hand through, after one night, I ended up putting my hand through my apartment window, shattering the window. And then... Because you were mad. I, I couldn't find my, my keys to get in the house. So that was logical. That was logical. My Isn't crazy house. Talk about how you freaked yeah. my neighbor out. Like my neighbor came out. Of the, Hi. <laughs> they were like some emos or something. They were like so like, oh my gosh, what is going on with this crazy girl um, who has no furniture in her apartment? Um, so I'm glad you can laugh about it now. I yeah. I, well, that's what healing does to you. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, remember that time. Remember that time. Yeah. Um, of course, I can totally turn it into a funny story but um so I ended up doing so much meth and cocaine shoving so much up my nose and I ended up popping all of the blood vessels in both my eyes and then that is how do you heal from that like I thought last night when you I said had that, to, like, how does that work I well I I don't really I don't really remember you know I don't really remember <laughs> yeah too much but I do know that um, can you still see yeah it's, it's like just, when you just you, blood eyes yes 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 but um, wow, that is when Harley Davidson ended up having an intervention for me, mm-hmm. and they took my car keys, took my cell phone, gave me thirty dollars, put me on a plane, and sent me to rehab. Protected my job, wow. and you said yes, though. I said yes. Well, mm-hmm. because they even—I remember one night after binging, I had one of the Harley guys, one of the guys that worked there, like picks me, like he found out that I had done some meth, and he basically kidnapped me. In a sense, not in a bad way, but kidnapped me and took me to my boss's house. Mm. And she basically laid on top of me. And I just remember saying, I'm so scared. And her saying, I know, baby girl. Mm. And it was just, you know, (laughs) thinking about it, I'm going to start tearing up. Because it was just so incredible that that I had favor. Mm. I had favor in that moment. I'm not mm-hmm. walking with the Lord, and yeah. yet I still have favor in the darkest times of wow. my life. And so, and I, you know, I, I laugh about them being bikers and working at Harley, but those guys called me every day that I was in mm-hmm. rehab. They sent me cards. Like, when I went back, when I've gone back before and visited. I was about to ask you if you're still in a relationship with some of them. Well, yeah, I do. A few of them. But when yeah. I go back, I'm like, they're like, our miracle. You know, like, Aww. they're so loving. You yeah. Know, because there's so many guys in that industry. There's so many people in the industry, and even after me, that I have seen OD or, you know, mm. like, not be able to make yeah. it. And so it was very... Um, crazy you know and amazing at the same time but so I spent 30 days in rehab and then another six months in a sobriety home and I was working at where was the sobriety home like in it the was same... in Austin oh so you can that's how you got yeah okay. so um and that was a crazy story too like I <laughs> I I picture when you say that like that's a real life <laughs> kind <laughs> like of reality tv show it was kind of that... like that yeah absolutely yeah except with rules well, I mean, but lots of rules are like yeah. real world on MTV, <laughs> yeah. but not drunk. Yeah. You know, not drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not in public. Cause yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. yeah. Living in this gorgeous home. Really? Yeah. And, and, and having a house mom and having rules and having to follow things. And, and so during that time, are you in communication with your family and they know you're Absolutely. Around? And do, do you ha- are allowed to have visitors? Absolutely. I was actually wow. a manager at um, BCBG during no this time. Way. I was. <laughs> Did you put down your resume? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of 
course not. Right. I don't think any, in fact, people might listen to this and be like, holy cow. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> you want to go out tonight? Yeah. Like, actually, I have to become my secretary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had favor there, too. I was able wow. to basically do, you know, a lot. It was kind of like when you go to prison, you end up having, like, a good, like, prison yeah. rap or, like, you end up uh-huh. becoming, like, the minister. Like, I had... <laughs> like, I'm a manager at BCBG. Yeah. You don't close till nine. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to clean the store. Right. So, but, yeah. So, I ended up um, working the whole time through that. And then um, it wasn't long after that. I actually used to go around and tell my sobriety story at mm-hmm. um, rehabs. And <laughs> I think that's amazing. And so well, I... Well, you're still telling your sobriety yes, story. Yes, 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 And so um, it was shortly after that that I met my son's, my oldest, my 10-year-old's biological father. Mm-hmm. He also just happens to own a Harley shop. And um, that was your... That was, that was your, a theme. That was, that was a, a theme. theme. Yeah. yeah. Do you still ride? Um, I don't, but my husband's wanting wanting to get one, actually. Yeah. So I, I would if we yeah, had... you're all for it. I'm, yeah, totally. I'm scared of motorcycles. I have no problem. My oldest already has a couple motorcycles yeah. at his dad's house. That's, so that's your cool side for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that and I know how to I shoot mean, you're, guns. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Beaumont. Yes. <laughs> so I know how to shoot a shotgun, for I sure. I don't know how to shoot a shotgun. I do. <laughs> well, if anything happens, I'm coming to your house. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I want to hop on your Harley. Yes. And trust you. you throw a gun on my back. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just got to end it. We're on a real strip, but don't worry. Jessica's coming. I'm coming. I got it covered. I got you all taken care of. Hey, I want to take a quick second to send a special thank you to our Gather Her February sponsor, Melissa Rodriguez of State Farm. Because of Melissa's heart to sponsor our event and the women we serve, Guests were able to come to gather her absolutely free. Melissa's office is located in Georgetown, Texas, and she helps with auto, home, business, property, life, and health insurance. I can tell you guys that you can really trust Melissa as I've known her for over 10 years and she is a gem. Check her out on Facebook at Agent Melissa Rodriguez and tell her I said hi. Speaking of gather her, we have another exciting announcement. We are thrilled to announce we will officially be moving and meeting in the Sanctuary Project offices, which is exactly where we had our conference this past weekend. It'll, our first meeting there will be March 14th. Y'all, Gather Her just keeps growing and growing, but thankfully we have friends like Sanctuary Project and Melissa of State Farm who are so gracious to share their space and be amazing sponsors. Our guest speaker will be Corey Sullivan, and our fashion partner will, of course, be Sanctuary Project since we will be in their shop. So come out and join us. It's going to be an exciting month, so we hope to see you there for a free night of faith and fashion. Okay, back to Jessica. But I was, so I met my son's father, and then us dating after one month, I ended up getting pregnant, mm. which was pretty crazy because I had been in relationships and had was not, you know, walking with the father and had not gotten pregnant. And so yeah. got pregnant and... Um, because and, what you were told earlier, you couldn't. And I was told that I could not have children. Yeah. And so even when I called to tell my parents, they were just like... Oh my gosh, because we had even talked about adoption later on because mm. I just thought that I was done. Yeah. Like I thought that I yeah. was just, you know, my, I was going to end up, my goal was to be district or regional manager of a, you know, some, some store. Yeah. And gosh, that, that's how you and I are alike. Yes. Because we both have a degree in fashion and yeah. I had and the whole, yeah. yeah. So I, um, I ended up, uh, you know, 
trying to... So when Jack was about six months old, I was reading two Christian books to try to change his mm-hmm. dad. And one of them being The Love Dare, with mm-hmm. you know, by Kirk Cameron. And then the other one being <laughs> Give Him the Respect and the Love She Desires. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening actually was the Holy Spirit ended up convicting me. Mm-hmm. And in the back of the retail store on the whole on the on the hard concrete floor, I got on my knees and mm-hmm. I said from here on out it was gonna be complete obedience. Wow. And I moved out of my son's dad's house, which was really... you weren't married. We were not married, and we lived in Hyde Park in a mm. gorgeous home. I mean, I had things taken care of, but I yeah. said, it's obedience. So I'm wow. willing to get on food stamps. I'm willing to yeah. do to work three jobs. So I'm willing... So you're here with a man living with him that mm-hmm. you loved. Well, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a child with him. Yes. And in the midst of that, say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. That you had known your whole life. I had known, but he, I I had not decided to be completely obedient. And said, I'm going to be obedient, which means moving out of this house because we are not married. Correct. That's brave. And moving into... And that's so scary. It's very scary. Because you're taking care of. That's finances. That's a life you had built. I had no funds. I had a child. I had Mm. nothing. And and I'm not ashamed to say that I was on food stamps. I ended up getting on food stamps. I ended up getting on governmental help. Mm. And... You know, spending um, every working three jobs. I've done that. I've wow. worked three jobs before. You know, and so um, I would do whatever it could have taken to take care yeah. of my son and obey Christ. Mm. You know, and I, I meant it. I meant from here on out, it was going to be obedience. Yeah, and, and nothing could take that. Yeah, um, the love of the Father from me, and it was that following Wednesday that I walked into a local church um, and sat um, sat in church and holding a friend's hand, and I cried the entire service. Mm. And that's where I spent the next seven years getting stable and, and, and learning um, so many concrete and foundational things. And yeah. that's actually where I met my husband, my current husband. Mm. And, um, and so it was... Because the father of your, the one you left... Did not decided not to follow Jesus. Yeah, and he's that whole not relationship. Yeah. Right, right. And we're amicable yeah. today. I That's think there's awesome. a country song that talks about um, she, my girlfriend, left me for Jesus or something, and he used to always sing it to me because it was true. <laughs> but yes, yes. So we have a great relationship. He has a fantastic relationship with my husband. That's great. Um, he actually owns the Harley shop that my husband wants to get a Harley oh, from. So keep yeah. it family. Yeah, yeah. You so, are right, family. right. We yeah. try, we work very hard at being mm-hmm. at co-parenting. That's great. Um, it's not easy. It sure. has its bumps, and um, I'm sure it will have its bumps in the future. But mm-hmm. our main concern is. Um, Making sure that my oldest feels loved and secure. Yeah, you know. So, but um, so you met your current husband. I met my current husband. Well, actually, hold on, fast. uh, Let me rewind for a bit because I had not met him yet, and and then in 2010 is whenever I received a phone call that Mm -hmm. would forever alter my life, and um, that is when um, my brother had just gotten out of a hospital, a mental institution, and he was at my grandmother's house where he often resides and um he was threatening to hurt himself and threatening to hurt my grandmother 
And so my mom went over there, mm-hmm. and um, she was trying to console him, and, mm-hmm. and they convinced him to go back to the hospital. And so they were in Vider, and they had to cross the Rose City Bridge, which is over Natchez River, which mm-hmm. is a pretty large river, pretty high bridge. And then the hospital was in Beaumont. And when they were going over the bridge, my, my brother decided that he did not want to go back. And so my mother big- pulled over to turn around. And when she pulled over, he jumped out of the car. And then um, my grandmother and mother also got out of the car. Mm. And, uh, and, and shortly after that, um, someone had called the cops. And the cops began to show up. And he took one last look at my mother and grandmother, and he jumped. Mm. And um, when he jumped, the Lord specifically said to my mother, and I'll never forget this, is no more. And, you know, like I said, I have to honor my parents because they are some mm-hmm. of the strongest and bravest um, people. And they are um, the first in our families that have stood and said that they would be obedient to the Father mm. and trying to do everything possible to raise us um, with values. And, and she, they would have given their life for mm-hmm. my brother. Um, well, I get the phone call. And, uh, and so I rush I rushed back from Austin to, to, to Beaumont and we did not find his body for three days. Oh, and I can't so imagine yeah, what those three days were like. It was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. And so, um, cause he jumped on a Monday, we found his body on a Wednesday and I answered the phone when the coroner called and I didn't even have to say a word. Mm-hmm. My parents knew by my face. And the sounds that I heard that day, I can only compare them to the sounds of hell, mm. weeping and gnashing of teeth. My father beat his chest and, and wailed for his firstborn mm. son. And my mother sobbed until she vomited. And, you know, I can't imagine losing your firstborn, you yeah. know, what, what they would feel like to have, you know, all their hopes and dreams are in that, yeah. that child. And so I did what I always do, and that's, you know, take charge. I helped plan the funeral. I spoke at the funeral. Later on, I helped um, take care of the house that he was living at with my grandmother and um, and then helped with getting his car sold. And then... Um, and I you're ma- still in your 20s. I'm still in my 20s. Yeah, mm. single mom. Wow. And then I made my way back. I remember laying in bed why I was at my parents, why this was going. And, you know, when you have such huge amounts of grief and you can't cry, and I just remember holding that precious little child Mm. of mine because Jack was just about, he was maybe two. Mm. And just, you know, his love, he loved me, and I was just like needed that love so much for him, you know, because it was just such a a painful time. And so I came back to Austin, and, uh, you know, that's actually whenever my true healing began. The day my brother passed away was the day that my true healing began. Because mm-hmm. I knew that in that moment that I could no longer run from my trauma. Mm-hmm. I could no longer run from my past. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. And, and, and then when you mix all of the drugs and alcohol. Right. Because really what he was doing was self-medicating is what mm-hmm. he was doing. And again, I can jump on the bandwagon of, you yeah. know, our homeless population. All, all of that yeah. resonates very strongly with me because yeah. 
there are some, yes, they have drugs and alcohol problems, but a lot of times they're trying to cope of yeah. the trauma and the past mm-hmm. that they have. And really what they need is Jesus. Yeah. They need to be healed. Wow. They need to have their hearts mended, mm-hmm. you know, and that's only going to come from the father. Yeah. You know, and that's what my brother needed, yeah. you know? And so, um, and I, I will say this too, I, I, it left an impression on me with my parents as well, because they buried my brother on a Friday and on that Sunday, they were on the front row of their church with their mm. hands raised, mm. worshiping, worshiping the Father. Can't imagine. And they actually had a, um, and I didn't tell this last night, but they had a prophet come to their church. I don't know how mu- how much longer after this, but they asked for all the parents who had lost children to come mm. to the altar, and they did not know about my brother. And he, they stopped at my parents, and they said, out of the stoning of Stephen... A Paul is going to rise out wow. of your family. And my brother's name is Stephen. Wow. And so. That just gave me chills. I'm either, like either cannot. it's me or it's one of my kids or it's my niece or nephew. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I claim that. Yeah. Absolutely. That For that's sure. what's going to happen in our family. And it's happening in our yeah. family with our legacy. Mm-hmm. That. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so. Um, and doesn't mean there has to be one. It could be each generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I pray that my ceiling is their their foundation yes you know Absolutely. so but yeah that's beautiful so then i came back to austin and um you know alone and as a single mom and that's when my real healing knowing you were starting over basically right that's you, when that's when the hard work began yeah truly so yeah and what did that look like um <clears throat> i actually and i didn't mention this last night either i ended up finding uh, my first mentor and she is this it was she probably laugh if she hears this but she is like this five foot Dolly Parton lookalike. <laughs> and she had walked through horrors herself. Mm. And she held my hand through much of my early wow. healing. Um, and so my healing has gone over a journey of many years. Um, and I've had, um, now I'm being mentored. Um, and um, But she was one of my first mentors, and so she walked me through it um, a lot so of you it. So des- you described last night what that healing looked like, because right. everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, we're all going to have our own journey, but for you, there was something specific that you knew and still do right. all the time. Well, and, and that's, that's the deal, is I didn't get a lot of my healing done at the altar, mm-hmm. even though that's a good place to get it done, and mm-hmm. I've been there. And I didn't get it done in a therapist's office, which is also a great place yeah. to get it done. And I've yeah. been there. But one of the things that I've learned over the last couple of years that stuck out to me was in Exodus 33. Um, it talks about how Moses would take his tent outside the city mm-hmm. and he would wait for the father or he would wait for God face to face. And mm-hmm. as a friend, the father would come to him. Wow. And I took that verse. Literally. Not Literally. And I told the father, I I told the father that I am taking my tent outside Mm -hmm. and I'm going to wait for you to meet me and to, for you to heal me and you to talk to me as a Mm -hmm. friend face to face. And he did it. He showed up. Wow. He was there. And just to clarify, you weren't literally outside. No. You would find a private place. Correct. And so there, some people might really take that literally. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, you don't literally go outside. Um, there's a term, which I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of the term, but it's called soaking. And mm-hmm. that's like a, a, you know, a Christianese term. I'd like to find some other way to say it. But basically, it's as simple as this, is I get alone. 
Yeah. I get alone. And instead of me doing a bunch of talking, which has happened, yeah. I sit and say, Father, I'm waiting for your presence. Mm. Speak to me. Heal me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I would just wait. Wow. Sometimes I would journal. Sometimes I would get into my Bible. Sometimes, and I still yeah. do it. It's actually a practice. And because I have three children, like I said last night, it's different for everybody. For me, it's at super early in the morning. And so it's like yeah. five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I go into my, I get my cup of coffee. I go into my office. I don't even turn the lights on. Like yeah. I get in there yeah. and I soak. And I yeah. wait for the I presence. use my phone light lots of times because yes. that's the only light I want. It's too early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the same with my kiddos. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to – I'm a beast if I let mm-hmm. them wake me up. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'll get up earlier. And and a couple of things that I learned from that was that whenever you get into God's presence, you will discover your identity, which leads you to receive promises and your mm. purpose. And that so, so good. Say that again. Okay. So when you get into God's presence, you will discover your identity, which leads to you to receive your promises and purpose. I love that because even for us as an organization, we only have six principles that we mm-hmm. speak on and they are in this order. Dreams, which right. we did last month because, you know, we all have a dream or we, or we, or that makes us curious. Mm-hmm. But then the second step is healing. You have right. to walk through healing. Right. Which is a cycle. It's a life right. cycle because we all go through different things in different seasons. Absolutely. No matter what, you're going to be hurt and disappointed somehow, whether it's trauma or just relationships. Rejection from a friend at yes. work. It doesn't matter, doesn't but matter. it still can cause yes. pain and hurt. And so after healing, once you go through that part, you understand your identity mm-hmm. in Christ, which mm-hmm. then comes to your purpose. Right. And that's the order that we right. teach in. Well, and whenever you get into his presence, true encounter with the Father is revelatory and transformative. Mm. And so when I would get into his presence, you know, because of the amount of trauma that I have received and because um, I'm in vocational ministry now. Mm-hmm. My pastor and mentor suggested that Hunter and I get into some marriage counseling before yeah. we truly get into full-time <laughs> full um, yeah. ministry. They're like, y'all need to work some stuff out before y'all. So as we are... you so, don't know what you don't know right? all the time. And you don't know when you get triggered or whatever and you're absolutely. in a marriage. Oh, that stuff yep. fires And up. you're in the middle of ministry and you're pouring yep. out to people. Oh, yes. yes. And so I'm submitted to my spiritual authority, <laughs> and, and we went. And um, that's huge. Submit to your spiritual authority. Yeah. Let me just plug that right there. <laughs> um, and so um, we were in um, marriage counseling, and we had been – I came home one day, and um, we had been discussing some blacked-out memories that I have, mm. which is pretty pretty crazy. It's almost like the movies, like where you'll have, wow. like, flashbacks, or did, did, did this happen, like – your mind starts playing tricks on you. So it can get really confusing. It can feel very overwhelming. Mm. And like, um, and then Hunter and I got into a fight and, um, I went into my office and, um, I had actually had a few months earlier, this vision that was a four part vision. I won't tell you all of it, but the last part was me holding my daughter, Lily, who's this little bitty blonde girl, five-year-old. And I thought to myself, well, Lord, that's great. Maybe I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to finally finish all those Pinterest things that I've done. Maybe I won't yell at them anymore. Like, (laughs) fantastic. You know? I really will be the Instagram mom. I will. I will be the Instagram mom that I've always wanted to be. (laughs) Um, And so, anyway, so go fast forward back to this day. And I get into a fight with Hunter, go into my office, go into my time to to meet with the father. And I sit in in my office and I say... 
Oh, Father, I don't even feel worthy to be in your presence. And in that moment, I heard, oh, daughter, come. And then I saw a flash before my eyes, the image of myself holding who I thought was Lily, but it wasn't. It was whole, I was holding myself as a child. And it was then, in that moment, I had revelation that he was walking me through this journey Mm. on purpose and that I knew and had confidence that he was going to protect me. You know, and so... Um, what did that do for you in that moment? Like as an emotion, I just, just, I just sobbed in the arms of yeah, the father. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to sob. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't have the easiest time crying always mm-hmm. with people. I can be, you know, that's one thing I've had to work on because of the trauma. I yeah. can be hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, girl, you don't even know. No. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure it'd be hard. It is. It is. It's actually one of my, um, prayers for 2019 I was like father make me cry more in public (laughs) so um and he has already I've already been doing that but um do I need to go get the tissue no I'm okay right now (laughs) but um you know I it just it really just pushed me on to go through more you know Mm -hmm. go through more of the healing journey and that that's part of it like I said it's an onion that peels off yeah you know and the second part of that is um true encounter with the father will lead you to know what heaven says or who heaven says you are wow and um you know again I had this friend who um she is very prophetic. And she came over and said, the father told me to bring you some lilies. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great. You know, <laughs> I was used to her doing these antics, right? Yeah. I was used to her doing these weird things. And so I was like, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, my daughter's name is Lily. And then like like two weeks later, I went into my time to spend with the father in his presence. And I was like, I really want to be romance. Like that's what's in my heart mm. of hearts. Like that little girl wants to twirl around and say, do you think I'm pretty daddy? You know, that's what, that's what I want. Do you think I'm pretty papa? Yeah. And so I, um, I I doesn't every girl want to know that? Absolutely. They want to feel like a princess and you know, and we are, that's who we are. We are daughters and we are Kings uh, of the, of the most high King. Yeah. And so, um, I went into my time and I was like, well, what's the most romantic book in the Bible? You know? And I was like, Oh, song of Solomon. So I did that thing that we always do, you everybody does, and yeah. that's like the whole like pointer yeah. finger, like, okay, this first, you know? Yeah. And um, I landed on Song of Solomon 2-2, and what it says is, um, as a lily is among the brambles, so is my love for the young women. Yeah. And then the flash of the lilies that my friend had brought me um, flashed before my eyes. And I knew in that moment that he was telling me that I was a lily among the brambles. Yeah. Well, what a bramble is. Wow is a bramble is actually a thorn. And what happens is is a lily um, is an exquisite and beautiful flower. But Mm -hmm. then these thorns, these brambles come and they try to enclose and crush and destroy the lily. But what ends up really happening is it makes the lily shine brighter and stronger and more beautiful. So I know he was telling me that because of my trauma, because of the pain, because of the hell that I had walked through, that it was gonna cause me to be more beautiful and it had caused mm. me to be more beautiful in his sight. Wow. And that he loved me more than anything. I love that. And I remember last night I told you after the event um, that there was a couple of reoccurring themes mm-hmm. from your story and uh, the podcast that we did, which was it was at this point will air before yours, uh-huh. um, from Holly, Christine Hayes. And I remember I was saying it was the one thing that pointing to the Bible, she did that, but I, I could not remember the second thing. Well, that's it. Oh. She has the same story where when she got prayed for, 
the prayer was woo her, romance her. And that's what we want. And she talked about that. And so I feel like that's a reoccurring theme that maybe the women that are listening to these podcasts and during this month Mm -hmm. need to hear that when you are going through this process, because it's it's like when you're married, when you're hurt, you want your husband to throw Mm -hmm. his arms around you and not fix it, just love you. Right. And I think just hearing both of you say that the Heavenly Father will do that for us. He'll Absolutely. Us. He will, rom- he'll, he'll he'll romance, romance you. Yes. And have that time with him where he, you feel beautiful. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So and for all the listeners out there that need that, ask for it. And that's the deal is ask for it. Mm. You know, you truly ask for it. And don't stop asking for wow. it. Yeah, don't I'm become, gonna start asking for it. <laughs> don't I need some flowers. Yeah. <laughs> don't become discouraged. Yeah. You know, don't doubt when it is. You know, don't allow the world to say, "Oh, well, you're making that up," or mm. "You're," you know, don't don't do that. Yeah. Receive it. You I, know, I choose remember, to receive it. I remember, you know, we both said how we didn't get married till we were thirty, and being single in in the church hearing the phrase all the time and I hated it was just date Jesus. I'm like, for real? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> when you're single and you're not dating anybody, you do not want to hear no. <laughs> date Jesus. No. And I, there would be some girls that would take that literally, which that might be what they needed to do where they would like fix two plates and I was like, no. Oh my not. gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. No, it's so <laughs> But weird. maybe they got what we're getting now. Right, maybe. Maybe, maybe they've gotten it. Maybe they got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. So maybe when Hoyt's not here, I might set out extra <laughs> Or with the kids. Or with the kids. I actually already do that. Jesus watching you. <laughs> He's, got He's watching you. <laughs> Sees you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah. So, and then one thing, too, that I have to make sure that um, – you know, I talk about is the promises, you know, the promises that will allow the process of healing and then allow your true purpose to become a reality. Yeah. And that's what the word of God is. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're struggling with promises, you're struggling with whatever issue it might be, unworthy, unworthiness, shame, yeah. you can find a promise in the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in the message, um, version, not translation, <laughs> Romans, <laughs> Romans eight, one through two. Again, that's a theology joke. That right? is a theology <laughs> joke <laughs> for everyone who will get that. Um, it says with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those, and here's the promise, those who entered into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, Mm. low-lying black cloud. And I love how Eugene Peterson put that. Mm. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brute and tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Mm. And when the world tried to tell me that I was a drug addict Mm. or that I wasn't worth Having yeah. a husband who loved me, or I was just someone who was on government help, or I was white trash, mm. or I wasn't going to ever be in ministry, wow. or I wasn't called to do what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I would go back to this scripture and say, but I don't have to live under a lie lowing, yeah. continuous black cloud. Yeah, that's so good. That he has completely cleared the air, mm-hmm. and I'm able to walk in freedom. And see, that's the deal is you can become healed. But you also, what I want to reiterate is I live with joy. 
Mm. I live with peace. And it's still, I'm still being healed. I'm still walking through processes of healing. But it doesn't mean that I have to sit back and and fear my trauma. And that's one of the deals too, is I want to be able to help women. And this is what I have done, is walk out of the trauma of my past. And now I'm beginning to walk into the ordained future of my purpose. Wow, it's so good. And, and you had to choose that. I had to choose that. I chose obedience to father to the father. I, that's what I remember last night a lot is that there are difficult circumstances, but at some point you have to say, I choose. And, and everybody's story is different. It is. And sometimes I pitched a fit. I'm not going to yeah. lie. There's been times recently. I mean, that's why I have surrounded myself, which I wanted to say last night too, but surrounding yourself with people who will lift you up, mm-hmm. who will call you on stuff, who will tell you to yeah. get out of bed. And there has been times where I have had to have an army of people lifting my arms up, carrying me through and saying, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to allow you. One of them being my husband. I know that Mm -hmm. there were times, even when we were dating, that he would just grab me and say, you are worthy of my love. Wow. You are worthy to do this. That's so amazing. I like him. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But, um, you know, and I've had other people tell me that even just recently over different things, you are worthy. You are worthy to be called and chosen. And, and one thing that I want to, to make clear as well is, you know, getting into his presence, there's no magic formula. Yeah. You just simply do it. So whether you're a mm-hmm. brand new Christian mm-hmm. or a mature Christian, you all can do it. Yeah. And number two is I am no different than any other female or any other person mm-hmm. that has walked through trauma. Yeah. I have just chosen to be obedient. Yeah. And I have just chosen to seek his presence without a shadow yeah. of a doubt and without any kind of road bump ever stopping me. I might have been knocked down, but yeah. I always crawled back into his mm, presence. Yeah. And that's and what I want to encourage people to do. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Because there are times, you're, you you know, you're just tired. Yeah. And I notice when it's been, I've been had a few busy days. Yeah. And you have to just, this is how I'm going to get better. Right. Whether it's just busyness of life or trauma or whatever is going on, but making the choice, this is what I need. Well, in Limitations, um, it talks about that there are new mercies every day. Yeah. Oh, let let me tell you, that is so relevant to me because Uh I know over, I've realized about myself over the past few years that I go to bed as the biggest failure. Right. I have not accomplished anything. And, you know, all these things Mom that we guilt. say, Mom, everything. Right. And I was like, you know what? Tomorrow morning, I'll see it differently because his mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. And 100% of the time, I'll get up and my perspective of what I thought was a failure mm-hmm. or whatever happened, like I'll have new ideas or new ways or new annoying, whatever right. that is, or forgiveness for myself. Right, right. Yeah, Just and that, that. that's something that I definitely say to myself basically every morning is yeah. his mercies are new. And yes. I say to my children as well. You know, that's one thing that I've try, I'm have i trying to teach them now. When they've had a bad day the day before and they maybe have gotten in trouble, Yeah, his mercies are new every day. Yeah. You can change it. Yeah. And then another thing is being ridiculously thankful. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I am most definitely practicing right now yeah. is just being thankful for everything. Yeah. Everything. So amazing. Yeah. So where do you see or what are your dreams for the next couple of years? So I have some pretty big God dreams. (laughs) I want to hear. Um, You know, there was um, 
from Azusa Street, there was a prophecy spoken out of Central Texas that there would become a healing revival. Mm. And I want to see a healing revival come out of Central Texas. I love that. Not just emotional, but also physical. Mm. I want to see eyes opened. I want to see deaf to hear. But then I want to see lives transformed. Not just transformed in the moment, but literally their entire families and legacies transformed. That their day-to-day, that they get how to renew their mind. That they understand how to function again without the brutal tyranny of sin and death. That is what I want to see break out along here. And so whatever that might mean in whatever capacity... um, you know, uh, serving in the local house or, or doing yeah. other, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be a vessel of carrying that. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And do you see that you and your husband are doing things together? We are. So that's one thing that it's so crazy because, you know, God always, I needed a man who could match me strength for strength. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And I might be the, the voice I might be the one, unless you get him to dance. He loves to dance. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> At church, in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but is it, is it good? It, or is it the Elaine off of Seinfeld? It's, it's totally Saturday Night Live. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. But, it. um, but I, um, you know, he, he is my protector. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, he is my lead. Mm-hmm. He is my... Um, when, when we are moving together, and that's one thing that's really important to me, is that yeah. we are always aligned. Yeah. You know, I am a licensed minister, and I will be nationally ordained in June, mm. but that doesn't make me any different right. than him. Right. And if anything, I don't make a step without right. asking him. Yeah. I don't, I don't get involved in things without asking him. Mm-hmm. Even my messages, you know, he's the one who critiques me. I'm like, read it, read it, babe. Tell me what to do. There's been times that there's been stuff that I've said that was from him, you know, because he has so much. Does he ever tell you to take stuff out? Oh, yeah. He doesn't say that about me. Oh, yeah. I say, well, not about him. He doesn't care. He's so like does not care what yeah. people think. But um, like I say, I've been to hell and I don't even smell like smoke. He's like, don't say that. It's so che- <laughs> that <was> cheesy. <laughs> He's like, that's so cheesy. But I just said it because <laughs> okay. it's funny. I laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's like, don't say that. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll critique me. Last yeah. time I spoke, he was like, don't drink so much water. You can hear you gulping. Like he... Because <laughs> the microphone's right yeah. now. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, so... Um, but yeah, you know, and we all he, need those people in our lives. Yes, and yeah. he he has big God dreams too. You yeah, know? and we see that we see that unfolding as well. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And so you mentioned, and um, you know, we kind of send some questionnaires just yes. to see, make sure. I mean, we know each other pretty good, uh, you know. But you did say you think maybe there's some, might be a book. Yeah, I you know I've. <laughs> I'm like, not right this moment, but I have definitely been dreaming about writing a book. So I've got, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't really know how to write a book. So somebody wants to teach me. Um, I don't think, yeah, (laughs) I don't either. And I've been, wrote one and been a part of another one. I'm like, I don't know. I know how to write a paper. Yeah, not to write a paper. You know, but I do know that the father, I I know one time I was preparing to, to speak somewhere and I was like, you know, I, I don't want to just be. A testimony, right? Yeah. And so I want to be. Um, I want to have good scripture. I want. I want to well, resources. We I want women have, to have resources, right? I want to have great revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to have revelation. And then I was just talking to the father about it, and he goes, "I didn't give you a testimony to not talk about it." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, you know, I know I have a story to tell. 
I know that, um, but part of that, that I want to make sure that I emphasize is the healing journey of it. Yeah. You know, that. Well, people want to skip over the healing part. I do. They do. And you can't. Yeah. You know, you cannot. I'm not here because I twiddled my thumbs, did a you know, yeah. couple of jumping jacks and, yeah. you know, I, I went or through. Or soak in it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No. And yeah. so I Can went. Can you imagine where you'd be today if you did that? Well, I actually had a therapist tell me that, um, <laughs> actually I can't, <laughs> <laughs> he actually said that he was surprised that one, I was alive and, and, and two, that I wasn't in a mental institution. Mm, so, wow. And that's where, so that's where you'd be if you that's where I would yeah. be or on the streets. Yeah. So wow. it's pretty amazing to that see is. that it's all Jesus. Yeah. All his hand. Yeah. And there's been times that I said I didn't want to do it and I didn't want to walk through it. Yeah. But he, you know, as a loving father, knows better than me. Yeah. And would move me through it. And he would send me lilies to, yeah. to love me. I am totally going to start playing that. <laughs> like, I think I hit, you know, sometimes you have to hear things two or three times. Well, I'm like, obviously, I, I, need, I need, yeah, so, I like that. So. so I'll end it with a couple of questions. Okay. Okay. Um, and I love that you have a fashion degree, which I did not know. Well, so I didn't actually graduate. Okay. Yeah. Told you. Vodka, vodka, vodka and cocaine. Yeah. Where did you go to school, by the way? Lamar. You did? I did. I did not know I that. went there for two and a Vermont? half years. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Orange for two years. I mean, Orange. I have enough college, because I'm in school right now. Yeah. And then I went to, um, I was also did real estate. I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I went to school for a year for that. And then I went to Lamar for like two and a half years. So awesome. I have enough school to make. A four-year something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have a four-year life degree. Yes. And I think I read enough books. I probably read. Yeah, I saw that when you did the Insta story. I, I probably read several books, of, too. you know, every two weeks. I'm reading. I'm really bad about, because I love books. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll have two or three going at the same time. Yeah, I do too. And finally, I just said, okay, I need to finish one. Yeah. Well, I'm in school, so you read. All the time. What they, the, yeah. 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 It's good. So what are you reading right now? Since you just told on Insta story, what? Um, so Dr. Caroline Leaf is a yeah. great one. She is amazing. Her talk about, and it's about the brain. It is It'll about renewing. Yes. It's about renewing your mind. She actually has, um, scientifically proven that you mm-hmm. can renew your mind. My word for 2019 is neuroplasticity. What? <laughs> 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 that is my word. Did for you have 20- to look it up? Uh, no. I, mean, I read it in her book. Basically, what that means, okay, that means that your brain, they used to think that trauma patients or people in car wrecks, that they were done, mm. that they couldn't relearn. Yeah. But what she has proven in over 30 years wow. of um, being a, a neuroscientist um, is that your brain is actually malleable. So neuroplasticity yeah. basically means plastic brain. And so you can actually reform your brain, and it's just science catching up with the Word of God. It totally is. That's exactly what it is. It totally is. And so um, that, she's actually coming to town on the 17th. So to Victory Church, that's not a plug. Actually, it is a plug. Let me meet her. (laughs) I think this will air after that. Oh, okay. You're the fourth. We always have two podcasts, and we always, Okay. But, um, and then I'm reading um, a couple of books for school. So like uh, Ministry, Nuts and Bolts, and then Kingdom Focus Leader. Mm. And then um, I'm also reading a book called, uh, by Madame Guyam. She Mm. is a 16th century, what they would call back then a mystic, but she wasn't. Technically, what we would call just somebody who's prophetic, but the, yeah. the church actually imprisoned her for wow. getting into the Father's <laughs> presence. I, like, love her. I think That's she's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. Because uh, she actually breaks it down pretty simplistic. 
And we need that. Yes. I need that at least. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm reading, um, oh, The Keys to Church Health because that is... Um, and is a lot of the, these books for schooling? No. I just... I, I, I am a constant student. Yeah. So Do you, have I, you ever done Strength Binders? I have. So what I... Because I'm interested because I'm a reader too. So oh, I wonder if our strengths are the same. Like what's your top oh, strengths? Is that the builder one? Okay, maybe I haven't done that one. Strength Finders? I don't think I've done that one. I've done Destiny Finder. That's the one that I did. Oh, okay. Because my top strength is input, which means I read a lot. And learner. I don't know. But I I just, I've always been a bookworm. Always. Um, You remember Reading Rainbow? No. Okay. We might read different books. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I, um, yeah. So just, these are all just anything to continue my education. I mean, I'm Hunter and I, the director of care ministry. So Mm. the keys to church health is just going along with that. You know, the health of the church and and that type of thing. So, yeah. So last two questions. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite? Because we're fashion and faith. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what your answer is. Because you are so, like, like I had to apologize for my bedroom. It's not done yet. We just remodeled um, or redecorated. I'm like, please don't judge. I won't judge. I'm not <laughs> We've judging. got pieces in place, but not everything. So what's your favorite fashion moment right now? Or what can you not live without? What's your favorite trend? Or what can you not live without? Well, so I view fashion as an art. And I've always mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. And so I truly enjoy pieces that, and when I dress, I dress as though how I'm feeling. Yeah. So it's more of a visionary style versus mm-hmm. like a specific trend. Yes. I always say it's an expression of who you are. That's all it right. is. And I think, you know, this. Don't judge me today though. No, it's okay. fine. This, <laughs> this time of the season is always a little lagging and boring for me yeah. because you have your sailor stripes. You have your pastels that are coming out. Yeah. You have everybody trying to wear spring when it's still like so cold. Like still it's snow. Cold. It's a little bit of snowy outside yeah. in Austin. And so it's really, you know, yeah. it's kind of a, a laggy, a laggy yeah. part. But I will say that I'm pretty excited about Pantone's color of the year. Which is it's what? Having living seen? coral. Oh. And so coral looks good on me with my blue eyes. Yeah. Like <laughs> and it. it's a they, they're saying it's vibrant and optimistic and joyful. Mm. And so I think that's a good color going into spring and yeah, summer. I like that. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't really have a, I have my mom trends. Yes. You know, I have my sure. high waisted leggings with yeah. my phone pocket Absolutely. that I need. Mm-hmm. It's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like, I like edgier pieces that are newer. Yeah. So I just, it kind of blends. It depends, like yeah. I said, on what I'm feeling. So yeah. I'm, I'm usually always, feeling a black top. I'm, <laughs> I am. I mean, my top says, I am a vital voice. And you are. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm most excited about um, the new colors that are coming out. Yeah. Okay, so as we wrap it up, mm-hmm. one last nugget to leave the listeners with that you just want to make sure that they hear. That getting into his presence is not a magic formula. I know I already said that. Mm-hmm. But how simplistic that is. Yeah. And that you can truly become healed and have... Um, revelation in it yeah and that he loves you so much yeah you know that the father's love can cover any hurt or pain Mm -hmm. regardless of how unworthy or shameful you might feel so good and that you know walking out of the trauma of your past and 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 walking into your ordained future of your purpose i am a living living testimony of that sure so thanks for being a part thank you for having me 
Thanks for joining us today. And if you want to chat more, we would love to meet you face to face. Every month in Austin, Texas, we host a free event called Gather Her, and you're invited. It's a night where faith, fashion, fun, and friends collide. If you don't live in Austin or just love to read, join our online community where you'll find weekly devotionals and resources you can take with you everywhere. A very special thanks to our CW friends who support this podcast and all of our programs through monthly donations. It's because of your generosity, women around the world are being equipped and empowered to be who they are created to be. For all of this and more, visit createdwoman.net and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And a special shout out to our producer, Taylor Stearns, who made this all possible. I'm Heather Frierson, and you're listening to Girl Talk from Created Woman.